0: Some tales are told, then soon forgotten. But a legend is forever
1: Leatherface Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. like that you have to announce it now, like a kid who just uh, did it all by himself on the potty.
0: <laughs> Listen, I've been living that for four months that's, now, so... <laughs> that's true,
1: you've got that thousand-yard stare that only comes with a toilet training a child. Yes. Oh, well... Hello, everybody, and welcome back once again to Podcast Part 3, the Part 3 Podcast, Uh, your go-to source for all things about movies that came after two other movies. I am Sam. And I am Will. And spooky threequel season is going strong because now we're finally doing a a horror. It's It's intended to be a horror movie, at least. It's Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3... Uh, the third movie in the first of what would be four continuities in the uh, oh Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Mercifully, uh, it's the only one of those continuities that made it to a third movie. That's not strictly true, but it's the third the, uh, there's, there's one of them has uh, one movie, uh, one movie, and a prequel. So Oh, I'm, I'm, so we're,
0: we're not counting those guys.
1: Well, I mean, we could, but do we want to? Is the...
0: <laughs> Probably not. I, I think sometimes we must take
1: these things on a case-by-case basis. But Yeah, uh, I think so. This was my pick, uh, and so I uh, take full responsibility for that. And <laughs> it was really just an elaborate way to get Will to fill in uh, a little hole in his horror movie uh, oeuvre. He'd never seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or it's... Uh, for second movie or its, its first sequel both of which i would say are landmarks in the horror genre certainly the first movie
0: yeah i think what what happened when i was when i started getting into horror and i've never been a big horror guy but um after i saw scream i kind of went back and started watching some of the older movies like friday the 13th and and um a nightmare on elm street and halloween um it I, uh, I I was like 13, 14 at the time and and Texas Chainsaw Massacre was one was like oh I can't watch that that's dangerous that's like that's like real problems if I watch that and um, I just never got around got around to it um, you know? I I didn't it's definitely not
1: one that I was ever like oh I gotta see it I gotta see it <laughs> uh, but after I'd seen the Evil Dead movies, uh, I remember reading back when Amazon had like in-house, reviews of movies on their website their review of uh texas chainsaw massacre 2 on the vhs was just gushing they described (laughs) the chainsaw fights as operatic and i was like well (laughs) i have to check this out so i went on down to video signals in boxborough and rented it and lo and behold uh someone had messed up and the tape inside was the first texas chainsaw massacre Oh. So I watched that uh, and it's um, it's definitely it's it, it is possibly like the it's as real as you can get. It, it's like I would put it up there with like Blair or any of the found footage stuff like Blair Witch or Cannibal Holocaust as like like how real is this? When you're watching yeah. it, especially for the first time, you're like, OK, how real is this? <laughs> <Yeah>. It's like <laughs> yeah. everyone. It's like. It's it's just like it's so dingy and it's so low budget and it's so like
0: well and I, yeah I, I, well I think probably you experience experiencing it on a VHS tape probably added a lot to it. It's too. true. Like I because like you watch it now and it's this pristine print and it looks like beautiful in yeah. a way. Yeah, it's it's one know? of those
1: movies much like. Uh, like clerks or the first Evil <laughs> Dead, where you kind of lose something cleaning it up a bit.
0: Yeah, it. Um, and what what struck me watching it, uh, and this is a first time watch, so if this all feels like basic criticism about this movie, um, forgive me. But um, what struck me about it is that the well, first of all, it open the way it opens with like this just there's this constant just news broadcast in the background that just. It's just bad news after bad news, like, talking about people dying. And it's talking about sort of the crimes that the Cannibal family has committed, Leatherface's family has committed, too. But it's also talking about, like, other stuff. And it just creates this sense of just dread and anxiety. And, like, just, like, you just don't want to be in this movie, in this world. And then the other thing is that the way the movie is like shot and cut? It's so like surreal in the way that it's edited together, and the shots, the shot compositions are so strange. It just feels like this nightmare playing in front of you that you just cannot escape. Yeah, you know? I actually
1: I think uh, when you put it like that, the movie that it, it not so much like uh, uh, you know uh, uh, Blair Witch Project or something like that. The movie that it's the most like is Night of the Living Dead. Yes. And fittingly, yeah, 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 because yeah. they are both horror movies that are very much a mirror to different parts of the Vietnam War era in America.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's, it's just, uh, it just it's a deeply unsettling movie, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't let you in in any way. Like, the characters, they feel like real people, but they, it doesn't let you in in, like, getting any sense of really, like, what they're about, and, like what their emotional arcs are it's just sort of like here are these people they run afoul of these cannibals and then they all die <laughs> yeah the
1: bulk of the cast is dead inside of a 5 minute span in the yeah. middle of the movie
0: yeah exactly um and uh, so i mean and so i think the big the big thing that actually surprised me the most was how gory it isn't like it, yeah. i i was kind of expecting it to be a splatter fest, like almost an Evil Dead uh, type of feeling, but no, it was pretty like tame by modern standards. Yeah, like,
1: it, it, it's the first one is definitely not, and I'm guessing a part of that is they were limited on what special effects right, they, could what they could do. Um, and then the second and third are definitely more gory. The third one was gorier, but then new line and uh, ran afoul of the MPAA and Ah, gave it an X rating. And so it got significantly cut down. Um, but yeah, the first one is, you know, it's not, it's, it's hard to describe it in modern horror movie terms because it's so of a time, uh, not to say that it seems dated, but it is just like, it is this little window into like 1974 in texas the it's it's it was like nothing anyone had seen before in the us at least in terms of a horror movie and uh it's it's just like every every performance in it is so intense and not yeah. to say like they're like bad actors but they don't feel like actors yeah. And it's like, you know, I, 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 it's obviously, it's not a hot take to say that it's a classic, but there really has, there's never been anything like it or that's come close to it since in the franchise. Uh, and to Toby Hooper's credit, the one time he got a sequel, he very consciously tried to not make it like the first one. And that was. Yeah. So the first one is 1974, and then the second one is 1986, and it's a it's a Golan Globus. We are we are going to pour as much money as possible into this thing, and it's not going to do well.
0: well yeah, Rinse I mean, it, it, it's like one of those those moments, and there's not it's not as common as it probably should be, where a filmmaker gets the chance to make a sequel, and it's clear that they don't want to make one, and if they and they finally get some sort of Uh, carte blanche. They're like, if I can make a sequel, you're gonna let me do whatever the fuck I want. And This this feels like like Gremlins 2. You know, where it's just it's clearly like I'm just going to put whatever insane idea I can get away with in this movie and just spend as much money as I can and we'll see where at what happens. And
1: I will say though too it's credit and not to not a knock on Gremlins 2. I love Gremlins 2, but yeah. Gremlins <laughs> 2 is a movie that truly doesn't give a
0: shit. Yes.
1: This movie is still trying to be a Texas chainsaw massacre.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's probably closer to Evil Dead 2, where it's like, I'm going to do all the things that I want to do, and I'm just going to sort of amp up everything so it yeah. like, cranks it up into this operatic, um, like, silly state, but still be kind of scary. <laughs> it's Well, it's, it's, it's big
1: and loud, and it's 80s, and you swap out hippies for yuppies, and right. uh, <laughs> Leatherface is like... You know, it's got, it's got a weird little like Leatherface is in love, and you've got, you know, you know it, it's connected to the first one because they bring back one of the actors, and you have Dennis Hopper is on the right, like like wielding multiple chainsaws, and everything about it is over the top. It's it that's the one that you you watch that and you go, oh, that's House of a Thousand Corpses, right? Right yeah, down yeah, yeah, right, right down to Bill Mosley. That's like right. Rob Zombie saw this movie. I'm going to assume and saw and like. Was like I'm gonna pluck Bill Mosley right out, and he's gonna be in all my movies. Yeah. I mean,
0: Bill Mosley is so weird. It's such a demented performance. I want to buy some radio airtime. <laughs> just like scratching himself with the hot, like with the hot hang- wire hanger. Is that what it is? <laughs> and, like it's just and that weird, like the metal plate in his head. I'm flashback. Yeah. non flashback. Oh my god. It's so weird. It is it's, such a strange movie.
1: It's insane, and I love it. And it's uh, <laughs> and it's it's everything you could want from you know when people describe it to you. I feel like yeah. it is. It lives up to the hype in just how bonkers it is it is
0: and then what what really kind of struck me though is that it it, its climax is basically the same as the first one for a little bit of like it's you know she gets strapped down to something and they keep trying to hit her with a hammer
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then it just takes this turn
0: and it takes this like wild turn and i think it's the the location of this the the climax of this movie takes place in a War reenactment theme park, yes,
1: <laughs> which is such a. I think that's a very much a thing of the South.
0: It, yeah, you it, know, it, it's like it. It's just so funny. It's like run down and like it's just so wild. It, it feels like the same. Like
1: it has the same vibe to me as the theme park or like the the abandoned zoo in Batman Returns. Yes, yes. Like it's almost <laughs> yes. like Tim Burton esque. Uh, yeah.
0: It's so crazy. And then, like, Dennis Hopper just, like, loses his mind and starts, like, trying to bring the whole thing down with his chainsaws.
1: When he comes into the, di- <laughs> like, he interrupts the dinner scene. Because every single one of these movies has to have the dinner scene. Right. And when he interrupts the dinner scene and he's singing, like, gospel songs. I remember when Dennis Hopper passed away, someone on, like, social media just posted, We go now live to hell. I just that <laughs>
0: I mean, it's uh, it's it's pretty incredible, and it's one of those like I can't believe that Golan Globus of all people let him let Toby Hooper get away with it. It's it just feels like he just pulled one over on them. Well, you, you know, know,
1: they they were kind of throwing whatever they could at the wall to see what sticks and if it was a hit in the 70s they were gonna throw money at it to make a sequel <laughs> in the 80s
0: true especially as they they neared the end of the decade they were just chucking yep. money at it's, whatever if, if they it could wasn't have if wasn't it
1: wasn't this it was five death Wish sequels and if it wasn't that it was Superman <laughs> 4 and or know.
0: masters of the universe and... yeah uh, over the top <laughs> cyborg um, you know yeah.
1: Well, I mean, we could we could do a whole podcast on Golan Globus and their two good movies.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could do a whole uh, a whole run of Golan Globus part 3s while we're at it. Oh
1: god. <laughs> Uh, there's, like, a third American Ninja, there's a third Missing in Action, there's a third Death Wish. Well, Death Wish 3. That's 3, That's art, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about a movie that's too real.
0: Yeah, right. (laughs) Um... So, yeah, I mean, I'm really glad I saw the the finally sort of filled this gap because those first two movies are um, I don't think I'll ever watch the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre again. It's it's
1: it's you have to be a certain kind of horror fan to have that be one of your like must watch go go to mostly because it's very loud. The last it, act is, is almost exclusively just screaming.
0: So. Yeah, Mar- Marilyn Chambers must have thrown her voice out—something yeah, uh, fierce on, when she was good making on that. her
1: a, a, a unsung scream queen. If we're measuring yeah. by screams alone, <laughs> and her, yeah. her the final shot of her on the back of that truck is right, it's, incredible. It, that's a,
0: that's a classic. Yeah, um, and and that, and also uh, Leatherface dancing with the chainsaw. Yeah, which they uh-huh.
1: replicate in almost all of the these movies except uh the one uh, in question tonight yeah. so uh, uh texas chainsaw massacre 2 i don't think was a huge success at the box office i think it's certainly found its audience later on down the line it's i think considered a a worthy companion to the original if you know it's like comparing apples and oranges but uh yeah. um the third one, the rights then went over to New Line, and New Line was riding high as a, a horror mainstay. By 1990, they were had done. I think they already—they just killed Freddy. I think Freddy's oh. dead. The final nightmare had, is either was about to come out or had just come out, and they hadn't yet gotten the rights to uh, Friday the Thirteenth. So in the interim, they got Leatherface, and this was intended to be a back to basics uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but I think. Part of the problem is this is the first one, sort of like Friday the thirteenth, part three, where it doesn't feel it, it loses a little bit of its authenticity. Like as over the top yeah. as the second one is, it still kind of feels like the way the first two Friday the 13ths are both film, were filmed on the East Coast and the third one was filmed on the West Coast, you just you lose something in that like studio fying of the of the property.
0: Yeah, I mean it and it, it feels um it feels like sort of it takes the 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 story beats of the first two movies kind of mushes them together and then sands off the edges which is weird to say cuz this movie's gorier than the other two i think yeah or at least well part 2 is just so over the top and and well, like like, go- he, like he kicks the wall gore. and just
1: meat comes out yeah. it's <laughs> ridiculous it's it's yeah the, th- the second one is very gory but it's very cartoony, much like Evil right. Dead. Like you right, said.
0: it's got well. And didn't Tom Savini do the effects for for part two? So it's got like that sort of like um, Dawn of the Dead style. Kind yeah, of, like, it's gore that effect. bright
1: red blood. This this one yeah. was uh, Kurtzman, Nicotero, and Berger. Right, and I think a lot of their stuff just got cut. Like one shot right. I know I've seen in like making of stuff was. After Vigo Mortensen, spoiler alert, gets set on fire, there was going to be like he was going to come back one more time and be like a horrible charred corpse, oh. you know. So that that's the sort of thing that got and like the the test audiences liked Ken Forey shockingly, and so he wasn't <laughs> he he was originally supposed to die when he gets his head up like thrown against a chainsaw,
0: right. but they had to
1: change it so he started, so they redid the whole ending, um, you know. It's 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 meddled with here and there. But it's it, it's biggest problem, I think, is it's 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 trying to I, I think like I think it's intention and it's not said outright is like this is supposed to be like these. This is the real family. Right. That we that was re- that, that like in the first two movies were almost like re- recounting like we're like what witnesses told authorities happened. And then this right. is who the family really is. Which I guess yeah. just means instead of one chop top, you have anywhere between two and four at any given time.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's very strange, um, especially because it goes it does the the opening crawl for like the the weird docudrama thing. Yeah. and I thought it was good, it was like talking about like the power of the the Leatherface mask, and I thought that was going to be a thing, and it was not. No, we're
1: <laughs> never. We're never going to get our Connell Cochran movie. We're never going to get it. They're, they're um, rebooting Halloween again, Will, and then we're not going to get it. You know it, those cowards.
0: <laughs> it really, yeah, anyway. But it just, I mean, it seemed like that was sort of where they were going, but that that's not at all. Yeah, and well, really, because
1: for a movie called Leatherface, it's really not even about, like, le- Two He's barely in it. Two yeah. has more uh, of an arc for Leatherface than this one does. <laughs> this is the least interesting Leatherface so far.
0: Well, and it, it seems like the the edict was: we want to make our answer to Friday the Thirteenth. We want to make Leatherface the new Jason. Like yeah. that. That seems to be what the what the 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 mandate was, and. I don't know enough of the production, but then whoever was writing it was like, "Well, it's got to be if it's a if it's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing, we've got to have the family and the cannibals, and all this other stuff. We can't just have you know Leatherface running around with a chainsaw." like <laughs> Le-
1: Leatherface is, if you go by the original movie, the family always has a family dynamic. Like like obviously Leatherface and in the original Leatherface, the hitchhiker and the cook are all brothers. And Grandpa's there, and he's, like, a thousand years old. Uh, But really what it is is that, like, Leatherface is mom, Cook is dad, and Hitchhiker is, like, their 'er ne'er-do-well son. (laughs) You know, because he—like, there's this scene that's cut from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and you can tell in the first one he changes masks at one point. Because in the dinner scene, he's wearing a mask that has, like, lipstick on it. It's literally— Leatherface going to like a little vanity and putting on makeup before dinner, because you know, okay. I feel yeah. like there, that's like that was his role in the first one, and then the second one, it's the same thing. He's like he's kind of the the like he's the least menacing of the family because you know he's you know he's a sweet simpleton. at the Well, he's got, at, he's, you know. got
0: he's more childlike in yes. that one. And, yeah, uh, yeah, and then so you get to this one. And I'm a little confused about the dynamics of sort of how their scheme works in getting people to eat.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So you go to the gas station, and Alfredo is there, and he's there with Tex. Uh... Tex, and it's a real face-heel dynamic.
0: Right, right. Tex is, is like, the the, the handsome Vigo Mortensen who's like, yeah. uh, like I'm just gonna hang out with you and I'm cool. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> and the girl, uh, Michelle, is just
0: all about him. She's, like, so done with her boyfriend. And it's actually, guy... it's one of those perfect, like, pieces of casting actually because vigo mortensen is like oh yeah i implicitly trust you and then like he'll like turn or the light will change you're like no 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 i don't want yeah. anywhere near you he's he's
1: <laughs> oh man what he's what they're going for with jason clark in, like, uh, Terminator Genesis.
0: Yes, 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 he yes. He should yeah.
1: be John Connor in something. He'd, he'd be, be
0: a perfect John oh, he'd Connor. he'd be so yeah. good. Oh, yeah.
1: There's not enough ego these days, you well, know? Well, I mean, he
0: doesn't... I don't think he... He, he, does, the, he does the
1: projects he wants, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, he's, he does like, he does his Cronenberg movies. I'm not saying he. <laughs> I need him to go be, do a Marvel movie, but... Right, you no, know. no,
0: no, no, but I agree. Why doesn't... I mean, they just don't make the movies that he wants to be in, is yeah. really, I think, no, what it comes fine. down to. It's fine. He's... he's, he's <laughs> He's he's given us plenty. <laughs> but uh, but that but Vigo does have that thing where it's like and he, it works for Aragorn too where it's like well I I can get it he's the hero I can trust him and then you're like oh no I can't he seems scary.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he plays like a really good like he's charming but he's a little like he's got a little crazy behind his eyes. Exactly. Isn't yeah. Oscar Isaac has a similar yeah, vibe. Yeah. yeah. All right, so you get to the you get to the gas station. And it's the last chance gas, so presumably there's not a lot of gas, or at least that's what they want you to think. So you stop for gas, uh, and I'm guessing depending on who's in the car, they initiate the plan or don't. Right. Um, uh Alfredo's going to take your picture and be a fucking creeper and make <laughs> you uh, pay five bucks for it. Do you get do you get spared if you pay the five bucks for the? Uh, um... Oh, that's a
0: that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know.
1: It's it's a real choose your own adventure when you think about. it. <laughs> If you don't pay the five bucks for the Polaroid, he's going to get all weird and make lascivious comments at you until Tex intervenes. Tex wants a ride to get home because he lives nearby, but he doesn't have a car. Uh, um, Now, presumably, if you do take a ride, let Tex ride with you, he's going to lead you right into the trap. But if you don't, that's going to initiate the fight between Tex and Alfredo that ends with... Uh, Tex getting dusted which is not a term I've ever heard before but uh (laughs) and then that activates Leatherface's monster truck who will chase you down the uh the 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 shortcut route that Tex has given you instead of getting on the highway now once that's happened you're driven off the road um and if you get back on the road, if, then Leatherface tries to catch you. If you can evade Leatherface, then they activate <laughs> Tex in distress in the road to cause an additional car accident. And that's when Tinker, the one-handed pickup truck driver, arrives. Right. And he's going to then presumably take you to the house uh, to where, be
0: eaten. Where there you'll be you'll be hit in the head. And, yeah. And
1: Failing that, you run out. through the woods and you get caught in a bear trap or something. Right. But right, what, But what none of them counted on was Ken Foray. Ken Foray. <laughs> what none of no, this franchise had never reckoned with is just a regular, nice, competent human being showing up.
0: <laughs> a survivalist. Yeah. Of all people.
1: <laughs> Honestly, you know who was the most interesting character and was kind of squandered? is that other girl, the survivor girl, that's in, like, yeah. the first half of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's kind of, that would have been a different angle, is, like, start—like, start the movie in the third act of the first movie.
0: Right, and someone who escapes and is, like, trying to sort out what she just experienced. Yeah, and, and she's completely
1: to... lost her mind, and she runs into, like, maybe a, a, a Benny-type character.
0: yeah. I don't know. I, I I agree. I think that that would be more interesting because the the couple here um, is very annoying and uh, and it's particularly the guy, the boyfriend, whatever his name. is. Oh yeah, it
1: he's it's it's just it, all it is from them is like quips and exposition nonstop, right? Like about yeah, their and relationship, and we don't care. We no. didn't need it. We didn't care in the first movie. Stretch in the second movie is like a cool character, but she doesn't have like an
0: arc, you know. No. And it just, but it just, like, it just felt like a bad Friday the 13th sequel, where it's just sort of like, all right, I'm following these assholes until they die. They (laughs) they feel like that, like,
1: a bunch of the Friday the 13th movies, in fact, as I'm saying that, the boyfriend in this plays this type of character in Friday the 13th Part 7.
0: Of course he does. Where (laughs) it's
1: everyone's together for the weekend, but there's always, like, one couple that's running late. And so you first see them, and they're on their way, and they're just bitching at each other. And then they run into Jason in the woods uh, and get killed. So they're right; they're it's one usually, of the first kills. Yeah, victims. it's and it's yeah. a way to like throw in two extraneous kills, and that's exactly what happens to him in Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it just it just kind of it just kind of goes. It just feels like that stuff is routine, and the thing that makes. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, interesting. Again, I only saw these movies this past week, so like, forgive me if I'm like reiterating things that, that fans have said for you know, no, 50 years or whatever.
1: It's it's fine, Will. I guarantee you that the the one person <laughs> I know that will listen to this has not watched and will never watch these movies. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Elise.
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, the, but the thing that makes the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre interesting is the family dynamic, and I think when you add in these sort of standard issue slasher characters, I think it sort of takes away from all of that.
1: Well, from what is, makes
0: the what makes the texture of the original movie and the the, the I don't know milieu interesting. This is just this too stuff.
1: many characters. Well, and that and too, the fourth one yeah. has this problem too, and along with a myriad of other problems. Uh, <laughs> And then it's, like, a huge family. It's, like, there's, like, eight people or something, plus Leatherface. And it's... <laughs> yeah, it's... And it's... It's a ton... It's, like... It's like clearly, I feel like it's a script that is uh, falling prey to like too many ideas, too many like yeah. They they didn't they didn't like self edit a little bit. They're like, what if it's like he's like way into like machines and he's got one hand and he's you know he brings home a huge gold chainsaw for Leatherface. But what if there's this other guy and he's like he runs the gas station and he's the guy that disposes of all the bodies. But what if one of them's a little girl? Right. Know? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, and that that scene like genuinely creeped me out when I met when you meet the little girl and she's in that room with all the bones. I was like, oh yeah, this is this yeah, is scary. With her <laughs> baby <laughs> skeleton, yeah, it's, it's
1: like, like this yeah. is
0: this is distressing.
1: Well, especially the implication that she's Leatherface's daughter.
0: Oh, I missed that. I yeah,
1: yeah. Tex says something like he makes great babies. No, oh. <laughs> yikes. yikes! Yeah, it's it's and that's also like, like that's a different take on Leatherface. It's kind of like when. They started implying that like Michael Myers, the cult in the cult of Thorn arc when Michael Myers was like going to have sex with Jamie Lloyd. And it's just like that's like so or in Friday, the 13th part three with Jason and the flashback. It's like, right. It's it's just it just isn't what these movies are about. In the first one, what's so terrifying is, is uh, she says, like, I'll do anything you want. I'll like to try and escape. And they don't give it. They don't care. care. That's not what they're about. And so, you know, obviously that's a way to go. And it's been done in other sort of, you know, psycho hillbilly movies. It just feels weird here. I think it's just uh, this movie wants to be a little more salacious and a little more gory and a little more over, like a little more uh, R rated. And I just think it's it's falling short on the 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 special seasonings that make this uh, the original two so so good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just it just feels like they're trying to do sort of the slasher, the eighty late 80s, early 90s slasher movie, but crunch the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre into its meat grinder. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, because that's a big thing. It's sort of like Hellraiser. They get lumped in with the slashers, but Leatherface right. is only barely a slasher. It's like yeah, it's it's you know we talk about this with Michael Myers all the time, but there are very specific rules, very specific things you have to do to end up in the path of Leatherface and the Sawyer family.
0: Right, and and I and which makes it at least in the first movie, not the second movie is kind of its own thing, but in the first movie that makes it so scary. It's just it's like. The people who are killed are normal. They don't, like... They're not, like, doing... Dr- they're not doing the things that, like, in a slasher movie gets you killed. Or if they are, it's not a big deal. They're just, like, people going somewhere, and they all end up getting murdered. You yeah. know? And that's it's what a, makes it as scary.
1: It's as that. Is they 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 went somewhere they weren't supposed to go, uh, unwittingly, and yeah. stumbled upon... And, and it's, like, I think it's also you have to go back to the inspiration for all of these movies is, uh, Ed Gein and he was just that weird old guy on the edge of town. And it is that like that thing of like, you, you, you know, it's, you can drive through any small town in America and who knows what the hell's going on in that weird house out by the highway. And it's right. You know, I think that's what's it's when you uh, imagine wandering into one and actually encountering all the, the horrors that you expect.
0: Right. And 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 especially in a place like Texas, which is so big and there's so much like nothing in between it that like you can kind of picture like oh my god, how horrifying would it be if, you know, I ran out of gas and like uh, these were the only people I encountered. Yeah.
1: Totally. You know? You know, it's it's the and this is obviously there's other horror movies like this because you have The Hills Have Eyes and you have right. um, like Wolf Creek from Australia because I think Australia has a, a it's its similar deal, yeah. Similar vibe to this, like Road Games and things like yeah. that. Um, uh, yeah, no, a lot of uh, a lot of Psycho uh, uh, references in this one because like yeah. this and Silence of the Lambs and Psycho all share a common DNA in that they you know, wildly exaggerate the acts of Ed Gein, <laughs> but you know, right. it's, it, they're all based on him. And he was, you know, he had his skin suit and he was a necrophile and he, you know, right. lived in a big weird house. But this one, I did notice the psycho references and it was, they, they, they jumped out at me because they're something that the first two movies resisted ever doing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess there's only one big psycho reference in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 with the reveal of the, the mother um, i missed grandmother who, and the the big skeleton. Oh, the... yeah,
1: but there's one in there's a skeleton mom in the first one. Now that I think about. Oh it. yeah, that's it's right.
0: True. Yeah. yeah. So, I, guess, I mean, that's... all right, I stand corrected. Never mind. <laughs> but those so... are like, I don't
1: know. I mean, there's a lot of corpses just sitting around. <laughs> there's a lot movies. of bones and like. They're the all twist is in that usually the twist is that
0: Grandpa is not dead. Is not dead. <laughs> And that was so funny. It's like, they get you get to the end of this movie, and it's like, oh, okay, we're doing the dinner scene again. We're just doing the whole thing. We're just doing it over. And, like, it, it, uh, it kind of cracked me up. It's almost like w- when you get to the end of a Mad Max movie, and it's like, oh, yeah, here comes the chase. It's like, here we go. <laughs> I do like that in this
1: one, it just is interrupted by Ken Forey wildly firing a machine gun into the <laughs> He's like, you know, we're done. We're done here.
0: Yeah, it's like he sort of takes over the Dennis Hopper uh, part for that. Yeah, you know, that chunk of the movie. Um, it, it's, uh, I don't know. It's a weird. It's, it's like it's a fascinating movie, but it's not a very good one. If that you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. Kind of, it's like and, I, I'm intrigued into how it was made, but I, I I don't like. There's nothing about it that makes me like go. Oh well. What I it's want not, to learn more about this. It's not know? an
1: Exorcist three where it's like a hidden gem, you know? Right. I think at this yeah. point, though, Exorcist three has just been accepted as a legitimately good movie because uh,
0: I think so. They keep, well.
1: they keep watering down the competition.
0: <laughs> they keep making bad Exorcist movies. <laughs> so, a, a little off topic, but the, so Exorcist believer. Does that ignore Exorcist 2 or is that technically a part three? I Do we know? Do we care?
1: Um I'm gonna say it doesn't it it does ignore it, only in that uh Um I'm just gonna say it ignores it. (laughs) I'm not gonna give the explanation I think I think I think they unless they have a unless the filmmakers had a deep affection for John Borman's The Exorcist II, the heretic, I think generally speaking it gets ignored.
0: <laughs> But do you think it, it acknowledges Exorcist Three? That's an even better question.
1: No, they'll save that for their third movie. Like they right. <laughs> they referenced Halloween Three and Halloween Ends. Um, no, I think we're gonna have to wait for Exorcist Deceiver if it happens uh, to talk right. about uh, another third Exorcist. Uh... <laughs> God, oh my uh, lord! They keep trying. It's uh, that's this will be continuity number. I think it's only the th- second or third because Yeah, they
0: the Because uh, there's, well, n- there's sorry. One
1: and two, one and three. Uh, and both continuities can count either version of the beginning. <laughs> right. Oh, then there's one any number of sequels, one and the TV show.
0: Oh right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then presumably now there's Exorcist and Exorcist Deceiver. Right, and there's nothing to say that Exorcist: The Beginning or Dominion, a prequel to The Exorcist, doesn't take place before. Always takes place before. You you can't you can't retcon that one, Will.
0: <laughs> you can't retcon the the movie that is the the prequel that is two movies. The movie's so
1: nice they made it twice.
0: <laughs> oh man. Anyway, sorry for an exorcist tangent. I, I mean, just, hey, uh... it's
1: Halloween. It makes you want you this this movie makes you just want to watch some like Brad Dourif monologuing, you know? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, yes, I mean, like this one though. This is I would say like you said, it's it's an interesting movie and it is definitely one of the better Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequels after the first two. Because right, I mean, it... 4 is Wow. Uh,
0: (laughs) That's the one with Reese Witherspoon and Matthew McConaughey, right? Renee Zellweger. Oh, Renee Zellweger. Sorry. That's all right.
1: (laughs) I'm sure she's happy if a bunch of people think it's Reese Witherspoon. (laughs) 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 Yes, that's Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Next Generation, depending on which version you watch. And that right. came out in 95 and came and just immediately – it was written and directed by Kim Hankel, who co-wrote the original, which oh, makes wow. it all the weirder, yeah. I, which I would equate it to um, – uh, the uh, the guy who the other guy besides George Romero who hung on to
0: the rights to the <laughs> Living Dead movies. But so so does that one follow this, or is it just kind of its own continuity? It thing it or? kind
1: of. I think the opening crawl in that one refers like sort of cheekily to the second and third movies as two small isolated incidents. You know, Got it. like okay. In the the faux John Larracat voice.
0: Right. <laughs> right. So then, and then after that, is it them when they started trying to reboot the thing? Or? Yeah, that
1: that yeah. one killed the franchise. That's continuity number one. Is one, two, three, four. Then uh, they remade it. The during the remake, it started off the right. remake. That's boom, right. Because the first remake was the Platinum Dunes one, with a right. uh, 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 spooky Halloween threequel uh, uh, alum Jessica Biel uh, in it, <laughs> and that one's you know. It's it's not bad as as horror remakes go and it looks beautiful like it's a gorgeously shot movie and mm-hmm. it definitely is the most like intense and, you know, engaging uh, movie since maybe the second one. And you got Lee Ermey doing a really good performance. It's just like a real scumbag oh, nice. character. Yeah, he's the best part because he's in the remake and then the prequel to the remake. Um, right and he yeah he's the best part and it's um andrew breniarski as leatherface uh zangief
0: right. oh even better yeah, 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 yeah.
1: zangief <laughs> i just wanted to reference okay. zangief in the street fighter movie because it's the greatest performance <laughs> of all
0: time change the channel you got paid <laughs>
1: So, the, yeah, so there was the remake, um, and then there was a prequel to the remake called Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning, which is essentially just the same movie. Right. Uh, and I think the only reason they made it a prequel is because in the remake, he uh, Leatherface gets his arm cut off, and I maybe they oh. don't want to commit to that. <laughs> and so those two happened. The remake boom dies down, uh, and then the next... Two, the next three movies I would say all fall under the beginnings of the nostalgia era and the legacy sequel uh, era. Because so there's Texas Chainsaw 3D in 2013. Okay. And that's the one that started, and that's now continuity number three. And that starts the like weird Hatfields and McCoys subplot that goes on in these movies where the (laughs) Sawyers and some other family have like a blood feud. And it turns Leatherface into, like, a weird anti-hero because he protects the, like, orphan child of one of his relatives who grows up to be Alexandra Daddario. What? And <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's great. It has the line, she tosses him his chainsaw and says, Do your thing, cuz. <laughs> and it's supposed to be, like, a huge heroic moment.
0: Right, of course. And I okay. remember the whole time I'm
1: watching the movie, like, He he ate people. <laughs>
0: Okay, so that's Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. So then in 2013, and then the next one is... is
1: Leatherface, which is a okay. prequel to Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre 3D, God. and to the original, of course. Uh, and that sets up the feud, and it's uh, it was filmed... It's got Lily Taylor as Leatherface's mom, who presumably okay. then becomes the dead body in the attic. Right. Uh, <laughs> and Stephen Dorf's in it, and it's... The big thing in that is it's, like, it's... Le- like. Her Lily Taylor's kid gets sent to an asylum and grows up to become a teenager in this like youth like asylum, and he busts out with a few other people and you don't know exactly which one of them's gonna be Leatherface right. yet, and then it's like they're being tracked down by Stephen Dorf, who's part of the rival family, and he's a sheriff, and it's like you know <laughs> it's trying to do something different with the movies, yeah. and it's it, but it's like. It's how much are you expected to really care about Leatherface and wh- right. like how he got to be that way? Uh, and then finally, uh, that brings us up to last year when they rebooted it again um, with uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
0: Right. And that was the one that went like directly to Netflix and like came out and like sort of no one. It was like a secret one. Like no one knew it was being made or no something.
1: one. No, people I... knew it was being made. Just no one cared right uh, <laughs> that's the one where the guy says uh to leatherface like careful man or I'll, or you'll get canceled because he's like filming him oh, on it's like man. a bunch of like influencers come to this old derelict town in texas to like revitalize it and leatherface <laughs> lives there and oh, uh he's old now it's the only one that doesn't have like a family it's just right. Leatherface, and it's just kind of him rampaging through town. It's got some good practical effects. Fede Alvarez was a producer on it. Uh, but again, it's just like, what's left to say? It's, you know, it's tr- and that was trying to say things, and it doesn't really all gel together. Right. And the, my favorite part of it is that Leatherface's mask is like a fresh skin that he gets off of someone, and he just kind of puts it on his head. And I don't know how it stays there. It's like, <laughs> it, but it just makes it look like he's just wearing like, like, you remember when you were a kid, there was always that one kid who would put like fruit roll-ups or bologna on his face right. in the cafeteria. <laughs> it's sad. it's yeah. that guy. That's what he, lo- he looks like a sad, melting version of that guy. <laughs> but that would be continuity number four. So Jeez. That, te- that's, te- that's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot preceded by Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Lest we Got not it. forget... The, the you know the original is the original when it's two words not one.
0: <laughs> yeah, because when I I put the thing in on the on the Apple TV and it was like oh my god there are so many of these fucking movies. <laughs> Which one do I pick? There's I mean
1: nine I, of them and a video yeah. game.
0: <laughs> it's just like. I mean, it wasn't hard to find, but it was just, it was one of those like, oh my God, they, they've been trying to capitalize on this title for so long. Well,
1: I mean, it is,
0: it,
1: it, it's a good title. You know? It's a great title. You gotta, it's a great you gotta, title. it's a bit of a misleading title, uh, considering he only kills one person with a chainsaw in that yeah. first movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is one of those things where it, uh, it clearly whoever came up with it like must have been high-fiving themselves all the way to the bank well the original
1: title of the first movie was going to just be head cheese
0: oh oh god that's gross but yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) i will say that leatherface texas chainsaw massacre 3 definitely belongs in the hall of fame of movies that do not live up to their teaser
0: oh yeah i haven't seen the teaser you haven't
1: seen the teaser it's no. it's amazing. It's leather it just pans down to a guy standing at a lake and it's beautiful music and it's and it and the voice comes in some tales are told and then forgotten. But a legend lives forever. And the fucking Lady of the Lake from King Arthur sticks her hand out of the water and throws a chainsaw at him. And he lifts it in the air and lightning strikes it and turns to the camera and then the title comes up. That's the whole teaser.
0: Oh my god, that's incredible. That feels like it's capitalizing on, on Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. <laughs> that seems like something that would happen in that movie. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, I, know, I think it, it, clearly the the this movie did not live up to the hype, but it's right up no. there with you know the best the best teasers that don't measure don't, that completely oversell the movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, that's incredible! That's incredible.
1: Well, yeah. So, um, on the heels of uh, of Leatherface and Blade, what are we doing next, Will?
0: Alright, Sam. We've done Freddy. We've done Michael. Oh, have we? We've done... Yeah. We've done Jason. Yes, and we have. We finally, and we've finally done Leatherface. But there's a big one we haven't covered who I has think... a long-running franchise.
1: Well, Oh, you're well, gonna make me watch I Always Know What You Did Last Summer.
0: Oh, God, that would've been great. That would've been a great uh, uh, lead-in. No, am too only, quick for and you, Will. And we've done Ghostface. But That's we, what we haven't have done... done. Uh, Chucky.
1: Ooh. We haven't
0: done the Child's Play movies. Oh, so. I,
1: I did it. I willed it into existence, wishing for Brad Dourif.
0: <laughs> I know you. And the thing is, is uh, it requires uh, some homework on my part. I've never seen any of these movies. So. I have
1: seen. I've probably seen the first one, and I've seen Bride of Chucky. So I've I've, I've seen everything on either <laughs> side, but I have not seen Child's Play three. And yeah, yeah I'm I'm game to check that out because that is. A, with the exception of the remake that is a franchise that has one continuity and it's yeah. the same guy that's been writing those the whole time which I think is fantastic.
0: Yeah, and there's like a show on Yeah,
1: the show uh, is him too. That's all. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's and all so Don Mancini and Brad Dourif, uh, yeah, I'm down. Absolutely. So I think
0: uh, I think it's a it's a franchise worth investigating especially cuz I don't I, I all I really know about it is the, the covers of the VHS tapes I saw when I was a kid. So, like, I've, I I don't know anything. I know it's kind of funny. I know that there's, like, some, like, uh, queer subtext. I don't know anything else. That's and I all think, I know.
1: I don't know if that really comes in into like, Bride until of later. Chucky and yeah. Seed of Chucky and the, the ones that came after that. Like, once Jennifer Tilly uh, showed up in right. the movies. But, yeah, uh, I remember Chucky scared the shit out of me. For the most minuscule reason, and that is because I had an issue of some comic. I wanna say like maybe maybe it was like an issue of uh Spider-Man or Marvel vs. DC, and there was an ad to subscribe to like Fangoria, Star Log, Zone, And the Zone cover, even though it was real tiny on the page, was Chucky with his face all burned and charred. And I just remember as a little kid that like fucking terrified me. Cause it was it reminded me of um, Poltergeist and the guy tearing oh, his face off in Poltergeist. Sure. Shout yeah, out yeah, to yeah. Toby Hooper, uh, yeah. which I saw on the big screen when I was six. My dad took me to see it, <laughs> and that was a mistake.
0: <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I but I remember walking through the horror aisle because to get to, in the video store I went to, I think to get to either the kids section or the science fiction section, you had to go through the... The horror section and I remember seeing the V8, the the video cover of I think it's Child's Play 2 where it's Chucky with the um, garden shears yes. and like a jack-in-the-box and that like scaring the ever-loving shit out of me so I uh it was it and then as I got older it was never one that I like I kind of as I got older I was like a fucking doll are you kidding me this is I don't need to see this so it never like entered my my orbit
1: (laughs) well uh, never too late to start will that's right this is the month to catch up on your horror movies (laughs) (laughs) because the one i have in mind potentially for after child's play uh is another one where i think you unless you have a real unless you've picked up on some real esoteric uh hidden movies that i don't know about you will have to do a little bit of homework because it's a franchise with one very 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 famous movie and then uh, you'd be
0: surprised that there were sequels at
1: all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Although people, if if it's what I think you're you're talking about, people do speak fondly of the sequels. So,
1: uh, they speak fondly of maybe the second one. I, I don't know how they feel about the third one. <laughs> uh, I'm speaking, of course, of uh, uh the sequel to Terms of Endearment, The Evening Star. With uh, a young Juliette Lewis and Shirley MacLaine romancing Bill Paxton.
0: I mean, that's that's scary for anybody.
1: I saw it on an airplane, and I was so very you,
0: confused. So you couldn't turn it off?
1: No, I just remember it because I think about halfway through, my dad was sort of watching it without sound because that was back when like on airplanes the it was up projected up like at the front, yeah. and my dad halfway through was like is this a sequel to Terms of Endearment? What is, is it, it's like Nicholson shows up for, like, one scene in that, as opposed to he's in the whole of the original. And I think my dad's t- like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> so it's always stuck with me, even though I'm guessing it's been forgotten to time.
0: Yeah, it uh, one of those one of those 90s movies that uh, you just... Like, what? Was anyone was asking for a sequel yeah. to terms <laughs> of the Do people really want this? Yeah. I mean... Didn't they make a third one of those, though? Didn't they make... I don't know.
1: Better. Maybe. I'm going to look it up now, because you better hope not. Because <laughs> you remember what kind of podcast we do.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm, probably, I'm, in, I'm courting fate. Uh,
1: the sequel... Uh, The evening star in which McLean and Nicholson was a critical and commercial failure. A stage play of the same name based on the novel was... Nope, you're off the hook. There's just the two.
0: Alright. Phew. Alright. Yeah. Good.
1: (laughs) I always mix it up with beaches uh, because I always... Oh, sure. Because I'm never sure which one has Barbara Hershey and which one has Deborah Winger.
0: it's just that's always like a run of movies like right around like the sequel i'm looking at the wikipedia page came out in like 96 and it's one of those things where it, it just feels like there was a run of movies that were like that that were all like pointing to older movies that like no one wanted a sequel to these things i think
1: it's all also part of that like post it's that 90s Meg Ryan uh like rom-com but like not like modern rom-coms the like you know you know there's a third character in this and it's the city of New York kind of like rom-coms cuz it also it feels like it belongs alongside like you've got Mail and those like very earnest family fa- relatively family-friendly dramas like Mr. Holland's Opus oh, right. or yeah uh, exactly or yes. uh, as good as it gets you
0: know <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it, there was that, that strain of, like, movies for, like, dramas for families, like like Mrs. Doubtfire, I'd sort of put in there. Yeah. Like, nobody makes those movies anymore.
1: No, you just go watch Hallmark <laughs>
0: movies. Right, yeah. yeah. It's,
1: and then the original Terms of Endearment I think of as being from that era of 70s movies where the poster was, like, a poster, but then the, just, like, a very small black and white image. Yeah. And then, yeah. like, five paragraphs of text. like i feel like that was the godfather had that poster and like modern romance and ordinary people (laughs) you have to read a fucking essay
0: well even even the the poster for repo man has like like four paragraphs on it like just like what is what are we doing here texas
1: chainsaw massacre who will survive and what will be left of them that's all that's (laughs) it do you need to know anymore
0: (laughs) yeah I mean or the you know the the original um Escape from New York poster also has like a bunch of text on it too. I mean it's it, Yeah, it's, you know.
1: it they, that's well I mean posters they don't make real posters for movies anymore. No, but well, back I then like, it was not uncommon to have the elevator pitch be right there on the poster. <laughs> As if, like, especially with something like Escape from New York, the poster wasn't awesome enough.
0: I know? know, right? It's like, how do you how do you top that? Oh, I don't know. Let's just put a bunch of text on here. Let's describing tell them what in the movie. There's
1: no uh, Statue of Liberty head falling off in the movie. We better tell them what it's actually about. <laughs> like a, you know, Escape from New York is not for everyone. Side effects include. <laughs> The poster for Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two is amazing because it's just the family image. It's just a, it's just replicating the Breakfast Club poster.
0: Yes, that's it. That's incredible. Which is and, adorable. And again, again, uh, one of those things where I'm I'm astounded that anyone let <laughs> let them get away with that. Well, but...
1: I remember in the doc that documentary about Canon Films. They were like, "You saw the poster, right? You didn't know this was a comedy." <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I'm I'm sure it's sort of like, especially in a pre-internet era, you're like, if you're a horror fan, you're like, oh shit, it's a second Texas Chainsaw movie. Fuck, let's go see. Yeah, that. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's it's from that era where there were could be long gaps between horror movies, like uh, yeah. Alien and Aliens,
0: or yeah. Terminator
1: and Terminator Two.
0: Yeah, but mm-hmm. I but I imagine that you would be you would feel suckered when you got into the theater and be like, what is this? <laughs>
1: If you're expecting the original, you will be sorely disappointed, which is the tagline (laughs) you can use for every single one of the movies in the series. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that's what makes the original a classic. It's, you know, that is you have you, we are not capable of. In this modern age, as filmmakers with resources, uh, crazy good resources at our fingertips, it would take so much effort to replicate the look and feel of the original that you're better off trying for something different. It's no sense bottling lightning again.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and I think a lot of what makes that movie so powerful is just the 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 way it was made, like you said, the way it was made, and and the time, and and the fact that I think for a good chunk of its uh, existence, the only way to see it was on grubby VHS tapes. You know, I think exactly. that that
1: it's,
0: like, it, you know, it's I of think its that time.
1: That, much like Night of the Living Dead, and like Night of the Living Dead, uh, the best of its sequels are trying actively to be, at least look and feel different and reflect a different era.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's just, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to say anything as I saw it, you know, just this past week. So it, and it, I'm coming in fifty years of of discourse and remakes and and uh uh rip offs and parodies and you know like all this stuff so.
1: well, you, you're, you're you're never you're never you're never too young to try you're never too old it's never too late to make a it's never, you never get a second chance at a first, i don't know what i was going for there, <laughs> but uh, it's the the point that the 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 gate is not closed there's always room for one more no. person at the dinner table <laughs>
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: But, uh, but uh, until uh, next week with uh, Child's Play 3, um, Will, any, any final thoughts on the Texas Chainsaw, on Leatherface Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, specifically but, uh, the TCM uh, Pantheon in general? Now that you've uh, seen the I'll... only ones worth watching.
0: Uh, <laughs> There's always Roadkill in Texas.
1: I like uh, Militant Lumberjacks. I see them all the time. Yeah,
0: I love that one, too. <laughs> uh, I couldn't decide between uh, my well, exit line. we
1: do love Ken Forey. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh next time with uh, uh, our old buddy Brad Dourif uh, until then, will, always a delight. I'm glad always you uh, I'm glad you enjoyed some of the homework you had to do in adjacent <laughs> to this movie. <laughs> and uh, uh folks, we will uh, we will see you next time and until then, have a happy October. Woohoo. Wee. <clears throat> That's a chainsaw noise. Yeah, there's so much
0: chainsaw noise in this one. Part three. Oh, yeah. Good night, everybody.